What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Greatly appreciate everyone for tuning in for these podcast episodes. If you haven't done so already, please go and give me a follow on Instagram at English Encore Podcast. I post some really cool graphics of all of the podcast topics that I do, as well as my Instagram live sessions. If you want to go check out my last one I did with Laney College head coach John Beam from Last Chance U on Netflix, you can go and check that out, as well as my other interviews, just by clicking on the IGTV section. If you're interested in purchasing any of my merchandise, all the information about the shirts is on my page, as well as my email, or you can DM me with any questions. Today, I'm be going over a preview of the Heat-Lakers Game 2 tonight for the NBA Finals. Going through the MLB playoffs, what's going on, who's going to be facing who in the next round. And then we'll be going over the Stanley Cup Finals as Tampa Bay won the Stanley Cup. And kind of the storylines following um, the end of the Stanley Cup in the bubble. Kind of just some things to think about for the next upcoming season. Starting off with the NBA, so it's Game 2 tonight of the Heat-Lakers NBA Finals. Game 1, the Lakers dominated the Miami Heat, winning 116-98. to Anthony Davis and LeBron James were all over the place, could not be stopped on the offensive side of the ball. Um, they picked apart the Heat's defense. Uh, Miami had a very bad shooting day. Uh, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson probably played their two worst games um, of the playoffs, which they need both those guys to step up drastically. Unfortunately for the Miami Heat, both Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic were hurt in that game and will be doubtful um, for most of the series. Both have been ruled out for tonight. Bam Adebayo is questionable for Game 3, where Dragic is more than likely done for the series, but potentially gets to return late. Um, you know, the Lakers out-rebounded the Miami Heat 54-36. to That's something Miami definitely needs to clean up if they want to even be relevant in this series. Um, and the Lakers shooters really showed up. They had been getting inconsistent shooting throughout the playoffs, but in Game 1, guys like Danny Green, Catavius Caldwell-Pope, even Anthony Davis were consistent from the three-point arc. Um, and Jimmy Butler said it best. Miami knows they have to play nearly perfect to beat this Lakers team. You know, I said it before, the Lakers have the two best players in the series, but to me, Miami still has the next five or six players after that compared to the next best Lakers player. Um, Miami's also just very young. They have a lot of guys where this is their first ever playoff um, appearance, let alone NBA Finals. You know, this is Jimmy Butler's first NBA Finals. Where you look at the Lakers side, Anthony Davis is a superstar. He's been in the playoffs before. LeBron James obviously has been to the finals and won many championships. Dwight Howard's been in the playoffs, been to the NBA Finals once. Um, you know, J.R. Smith, even guys that aren't playing, the Deion Waiters of the world, can kind of give some experience to the younger guys. Obviously, Rajon Rondo's been critical for them. Um, looking at Game 2 for the Keys, I already touched on a little bit. Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero have to get it going if the Miami Heat want any chance of being in this series. You know, Duncan Robinson, zero points last game in almost 30 minutes played. That just simply cannot happen for him. Um, obviously, he's more of a specialist, and they kind of target him on defense because he's not the greatest defender. But if I'm Duncan Robinson, no matter who's guarding me, I have to find a way to put up 8 to 10 three-pointers a game. That's what he's supposed to do. He only got three last game, missed all three. He has to get going. And then Tyler Hero, 
obviously a big story yesterday or last game was that he was about negative 30 by halftime and he had probably his worst shooting performance of the playoffs this is a kid that's not scared of the moment um, I think it was just a bad game for him he's had a tremendous playoffs so far they're definitely going to need him to step up especially with Goran Dragic out I'd expect some very different lineups for the Miami Heat tonight with Dragic and out of buyout, I'd assume that Kendrick Nunn will plug into the starting lineup at point guard. He started most of the year for them anyway. Um, center is going to be a little bit interesting. I think Kelly Olenek is their best option for an offense and defensive perspective. However, based on Spoh's history, I wouldn't be surprised if Myers Leonard draws a start. Um, I believe Derek Jones Jr. needs to get some more minutes. I think Iguodala and Crowder's minutes will be extended as well. Um, if you're Los Angeles Lakers, you just got to keep doing what you need or what you were doing last game. You got to penetrate the Heat zone when they bring it at you, especially without Bam out of bio. I think they're going to go to AD and LeBron early and often because it's going to be a mismatch. No, whoever is going to be guarding either one of those guys from Miami, obviously Olenek, Jones Jr., Iguodala, Crowder, Butler, all of those guys are going to be rotating in and out. If you're Miami, you just got to throw as many different guys at those two players as you can and just hope you can cause some trouble with them shooting it. Um, to me, Miami's best chance is to prevent LeBron from getting in the lane and let him settle for jumpers and three-pointers, even though he's been pretty consistent throughout this playoffs. I think that's still your best chance to win. Um, and then Vogel first Eric Spolstra is still one of the keys to this playoff series. Eric Spolstra has faced Frank Vogel many a times going back to their Pacers heat day. Obviously, two very different teams, kind of a little bit different style of basketball since back then. Um, especially from the three-point shooting perspective. Miami's a team, if they can get hot from three-point, they can beat anyone. Um, it's going to be a very tough task for them, especially without Adebayo. Dragic, they can make up for it a little more because of the guards that they have on their team. Um, but Bam Adebayo is definitely a huge loss for them. He's been playing top 10 NBA player level throughout the playoffs, and they're definitely going to need him if they want a chance to win this series. I definitely don't think this series is over by any stretch. Everyone's kind of running the heat off because of how badly they lost in game one. But like I said before, you have to account. It's a very young team. A lot of these guys have been there for the first time. You're going to get anxious. You know, the only guys that have really been this far before on this team is Andre Iguodala, Udonis Haslam, who really doesn't play. You know, they have some guys who have been to the playoffs, but never have been in the finals. I believe in Jimmy Butler. I believe in Eric Spolstra. And even if the Heat lose game two tonight, I think that, they're going to have a solid chance to still be in this year because I do believe Bam Adebayo will come back for Game 3. I actually do give Miami a really good chance to win tonight. Um, you know, I think that they heard all the noise on the outside from the media saying this series is over. I think they're going to come out firing, and I actually think Miami is going to steal one tonight. Um, if they don't, I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm going to roll with Miami for Game 2 tonight. Um, and I think it's still going to be a good series going forward. And if anything, you're going to see a very up-and-coming Heat team um, for years to come, and LeBron potentially getting another championship to solidify his greatness. Moving on to the MLB, we'll start off with the National League for the playoffs. A lot of teams have already gotten through. The Braves defeated the Reds two games to zero in best of three, and the Dodgers easily got past the Brewers two games to zero. Um, the Marlins just finished off the Cubs earlier today, another two to zero game, and they swept them two to zero. Miami actually, funnily, has only been in the playoffs twice, but both times they've won the World Series. They've still yet to lose a playoff series as a franchise. The Padres and Cardinals are tied at one apiece. They will be going at it tonight. Um, that's a very interesting series. You know, the Padres came back late in the last game, fueled by Manny Machado and Tatis. 
So definitely some cool matchups. You look at the next round, it's going to be the Braves first the Marlins, and then you have Dodgers um, first the winner of tonight's game. And it's funny because you look back, the Braves beat the Bricks off the Marlins by over 20 runs just a few short months ago. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how um, the Marlins respond. Looking at the American League, the Yankees defeated the Indians two games to zero. Um, one of the best games in recent memory as far as playoff games or last game. was kind of just a home run slugfest back and forth, back and forth. Um, the big question for the Yankees is definitely going to be their pitching. They obviously have the ability to put runs on the board, but the Rays are very solid defensively, have good pitchers, aren't going to blow you away hitting the ball, but they're very consistent at getting on base. Um, and they have a lot of guys that can steal bases as well. I think that'll be a very good series. Obviously, some um, division tensions, and they kind of went at it a little bit earlier in the regular season. Even though the Rays say that they don't think it's going to escalate, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot more chippiness in that series. The Astros defeated the Twins, even though the Astros really shouldn't even be in the playoffs, in my opinion. Um, they beat them two games to zero. Uh, they'll be going up against the Oakland Athletics, who defeated the White Sox in three games. I think the Athletics have a very solid team. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they beat the Astros. And then, obviously, the Rays beat the Blue Jays two games to zero. Uh, Blue Jays fans definitely have a lot to like. A very young team. They just didn't have it in the playoffs. Their best pitcher got rocked in game two. That was very questionable in game one. They pulled Schumacher so early. Um, obviously, guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, Bichette really didn't have the bats going. It's very tough, I think, in a three-game series to get things going. We're in a 5-7 game. You can really get your feet dug in um, and have a better series overall. Um, but overall, the storylines, I think, regardless of the outcome of tonight's game, the combination of Tatis and Machado have the Padres on the brink of potentially being a great, great team and potentially competing for World Series after World Series for years to come. Um, those two together, star power is just incredible. They just definitely need to get some more pitching um, in the rotation in the offseason, but I definitely think they could still make a run if they win tonight. Um, like I said before, I think the Yankees' Rays winner is going to be the favorite um, to represent the AL as far as the World Series goes. The Yankees, just from the perspective of they have the ability to put up 10 runs almost every game. Like I said, their pitching is their biggest question mark outside of Garrett Cole. Um, their pitching's been kind of up and down all year. Whether or not they can get some of their other injured pitchers back is yet to be seen. Um, I think the Rays are the best team in the AL. They're just the most consistent. They've been proving that for the past two years now. Um, I don't think anyone wants the Astros to win, quite frankly. And then if you're looking at the Dodgers, it's kind of one of those, can they finally break through and get it done? Year after year, the Dodgers are an amazing team. They roll through the regular season. They're always one of the top two teams. And then for some reason, every year they get into the playoffs and they kind of just choke, whether it's Clayton Kershaw not bringing it or the hitting just doesn't come alive. Kershaw was great the other night, um, but we'll have to see when the moments get a little bit more stressful if he's still going to be that same pitcher they need him to be. And for me, the other question is, are the Braves ready for this moment? It's a very young team. A lot of young, great star players. Um, I just don't know if they're going to have enough to get past the Marlins. I think that they're overall, they're better than the Marlins. But I think the Marlins are more sound defensively. I think the Braves, I think, are a lot better of a hitting team. But I also think the Marlins have a better pitching staff. I know the Braves pitching staff has been good all year. But um, they've been a little bit shaky in the playoffs and especially towards the end of the season, I didn't like what I was seeing out of the Braves 
um, from a pitching perspective. Um, but definitely some storylines to follow there. Overall, um, if I had to pick who I think is going to be in the World Series, right now, honestly, I would say it's going to be the Yankees versus the Padres. I think both those teams have a lot of power. Um, I think they can put up runs on anyone who's pitching. I know the Padres have to get through their game tonight to even be considered, but just something about that team and this year just feels right to me. And for the Yankees, I just think they've come overcome a lot of adversity throughout the year as far as injuries go. They have so much money invested in players, whether it's Stanton, um, you know, Judge, Garrett Cole, whoever it may be. Um, I just think that they're kind of built for a run like this. Um, if it's not the Yankees, I definitely think it'll be the Rays. I don't see the Athletics or Astros really posing a huge threat um, to either of those teams, whoever comes out of that series. And I really just don't know about the NL. I think every team's kind of a wild card, and it's so hard to pick um, which team's going to make it. That's why I'm kind of just going on a gut feeling with the Padres. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if I'm wrong about that. Um, but we'll definitely see here tonight if they can get it done and what's going on forward. Um, for the World Series. And then finally moving on to the NHL. The Tampa Bay Lightning defeated the Dallas Stars in six games to win the Stanley Cup. Victor Hedman won the Conn Smythe Most Valuable Player Trophy. Um, definitely a great series. Like I said before, I thought it was going to be a six or seven game series with Tampa ultimately winning. Uh, Dallas just unfortunately couldn't overcome the high-powered offense of the Lightning. Anton Gudobin was outstanding for Dallas throughout the whole series. He probably just earned himself a pretty nice payday because he's going to be a free agent this offseason. But um, Corey Perry was lucky enough to save them in Game 5, even though Tampa Bay outplayed them in both overtime periods um, and was able to get a goal and extend the series. But Game 6, Tampa Bay just dominated them pretty much the entire game. Vasilevsky played extremely well. Um, Hedman also played super well. Him and Nikita Kucherov were both deserving of the Smythe, but I think Hedman had an overall more impact on the series, especially defensively. Um, obviously great for Tampa Bay. I think it's a cool story just because, you know, last year this is a team that's coming off one of the best um, regular seasons in NHL history, and then they get swept in the first round by the Columbus Blue Jackets. To bounce back, beat that same Blue Jackets team, you know, you're playing in the bubble, you go up against a very tough, Islanders team you pretty much go through the Bruins without any problems and you beat a very tough um, defensive team into Dallas Stars who are having a great run of their own um, I think Dallas definitely gonna be good for the next few years to come I think goaltending is their biggest question mark um, even though Anton Gudobin had a great playoff it's one of those did he just get hot in the playoffs is he gonna be their guy going forward you don't really know I look at St. Louis Blues or Pittsburgh Penguins guys like Matt Murray Jordan Bennington You've seen them play outstanding in the playoffs and then the following years. They haven't been as great in the regular season or in the playoffs. So definitely something to monitor if I was a Dallas Stars fan. But definitely a big congratulations to Lightning. Very cool to see Steven Stamkos. Some of the older players that haven't had a chance to win a Stanley Cup. Finally going Patrick Maroon winning back-to-back -back Stanley Cups after coming over from St. Louis. Um, the bubble was definitely a wild experience. It was weird not having fans there, especially for playoff hockey, which is the fans, I feel like, just create so much more for the playoffs in general, more than any other, um, you know, sport as far as MLB, NFL, NBA. I think the fans and hockey just make so much more of a difference than any of those other big three in the big four sports. Um, but it kind of was also kind of cool because I thought the NHL did an awesome job with, you know, the camera angles and everything. It kind of almost looked like a Winter Classic game. 
um, the way they laid things out. But I think it was a great job. Credit to the NHL for getting it done. Um, you know, a lot of fans, I think, were probably upset with the play-in stuff and what teams made it and what teams didn't. But it's just kind of how things rolled. Um, just some takeaways outside of the Tampa Bay winning just from the overall bubble experience. Um, I think a lot of people are wondering, is this going to be Pittsburgh's last run? You know, they were favored heavily going in to the playoffs and went out very easily um, to the Montreal Canadiens in the play-in round. You know, Montreal is just a very scrappy team, but there was no business for them being in that series. You know, they have Evgeny Malkin, they have Crosby, Gensel. They don't know what they're going to do in goalie between Matt Murray and Tristan Jari. I believe if they would have went to Tristan Jari instead of Murray in the playoffs, they would have had a better chance of winning that series versus the Canadians. So it's really looking to see if the time is ticking for the Penguins, if their run's over. Is this team kind of phasing out and they're going to go into like a rebuild or try to just bring in more youthful players so when Crosby and Malkin um, start going out, they'll have other players. I think defensively they have a lot of issues, but I think goaltending is definitely their biggest question mark. Um, to me, another storyline is, is Vegas the future of the NHL? Are they going to be the next team that's just going to dominate year after year? I know they didn't make it to the cup, um, but they have just have so much talent. They have a great coach. You know, they're very good with their salary cap. Um, they've handled contracts very well. They just have a lot of great players that know their role. Um, you know, if they decide to keep both Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury, they have the best one-two tandem in the NHL. Um, they're great defensively. Um, they're led by a bunch of really good captains and alternate captains. You know, guys like Mark Stone, Jonathan Marceau um, have really done a nice job for them. And I think looking at the Western Conference, the way they've been able to hold up and compete already making it to one Stanley Cup, making it to the Western Conference Finals another time, in only their first few years of existence, I think that's huge for them. I'm really interested to see how Seattle comes in and does compared to Vegas. Um, I don't think Vegas or Seattle's gonna have nearly as much talent as Vegas did when they first came in. Um, and then the big question for me, as far as the NHL goes, is when are we finally gonna see these NHL young stars really break through into the playoffs and start facing each other? in Stanley Cups, in East and Western Conference Finals. Because we all know the story. For a while now, it's been the Crosbys, the Ovechkins, um, the Pasternak's, Marshans. Um, you even look at Tampa Bay with Stamkos and them. Now it's time to see these young guys. When is it going to be the Connor McDavid's? When is it going to be the Nathan McKinnon's as far as the West goes? You look at the Eastern Conference. When is it going to be Austin Matthews and versus Jack Eichel? These young guys who all pretty much came in together, um, we're kind of just waiting for them to burst into the playoffs and make huge runs and face each other and give us stuff that we got to see for the past 10 years. We loved when we got Ovechkin first, Crosby, Stamkos first, those guys, um, you know, against Marshand, you know, just the tough, gritty playoff series. You know, even Carolina, guys with Tara Vine and Ajo, they're starting to break through a little bit more. But I think fans want to see McDavid and McKinnon square off. Same thing with Eichel and Matthews. You know, Buffalo hasn't been relevant getting to the playoffs in the past nine years. You know, Toronto's been a consistent playoff team, but they never get out of the first round. Colorado's been a solid playoff team. They probably should have went to the Cup this year if they would have stayed fully healthy. Um, Their goaltender obviously got hurt. McKinnon played lights out. and is easily a top three player in the NHL right now, in my opinion. 
And him, McDavid's obviously in the conversation for number one. I think most people would tell you he's number one, but he gets bounced out in the first round again. Um, it's kind of just waiting to see when these guys are going to break through. And the best part about it is we're hoping we're going to get to see these guys face each other for the next eight to ten years doing bad on the playoffs and then sprinkling in some of these other young talent. You look at Vancouver with Elias Pettersson and Hughes on the back end. Um, you even look at, like I said before, Carolina with Ajo, Tara Vine, and even the Islanders, they still have a very uh, good group of young players. You look at Matthew Barzell is another guy. Um, you know, Canadians are still hanging around. They're a very scrappy team. Philadelphia, same thing. Rangers are in a good position. They drafted Kako Kako last year. They had the number one pick. Probably going to get Alex Lafreniere. They have Panarin. Um, they have a couple good young goaltenders. A very solid defensive core. So, let this be really interesting. And I think the NHL is in a great place as far as young talent upcoming. It's now just taking that next step of those guys making it to the playoffs um, and really sparking things more for um, the fans' eye. But that's going to do it for today's episode, everyone. Greatly appreciate everyone for tuning in. Hope everyone's staying safe and healthy. I will be back again on Monday. I will be going over the Bills-Raiders game and previewing the potential game for his Titans, even though we have a lot going on with them um, with COVID. So I'll kind of give you guys an update with that. Um, going through the Jack Eichel latest trade rumors, also doing a little bit more of a mock draft for the Sabres on Monday as well. Um, and probably some more Buffalo detailed, maybe some college basketball stuff, or I'll probably talk about the Bisons um, and what they can expect for their next upcoming season or throwing the Blue Jays and how I think they're going to be going for the future. But that's going to do it for this episode. It's been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. Yeah.